Welcome to Hillside Podcast. I am your host, Tina Kampala. I wish to take this time to extend my deepest gratitude for each one of you who took your time to listen to our very first podcast. There were also scores of you who took your time to read our blog and to communicate to us through our different social media handles. I want to say thank you indeed. Now, one more time, I want to welcome you up here on the hillside. I welcome you with the book of Revelation 22, verse 17. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a fast, Come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. This is our prayer for you today. The podcast today is entitled, Blinded by Love, Unequally Yoked. This is the first part of a three-part series that will delve into the life of Samson, giving us so many rich lessons, especially for the young people. It's my prayer that you will tune in for all three podcasts, that you may be able to draw from the many lessons that we can learn from the life of the strongest man that ever lived. The background of the story of Samson takes us back to Judges chapter 13. When the children of Israel had been under the bondage of the Philistines for 40 years, out of the wickedness they had done, the Lord had allowed them to go under the slavery of the Philistines. But as they cried out to God, the Lord heard their cries and answered their prayer by bringing the life of Samson into the community of the Israelites. Now, looking out at the parents of Samson, we find Manoah and his wife, who is not given a name, but a woman who was barren. Humble parents who lived in Zohar, which was a hillside community that overlooked the Philistine country. Now, the instructions given to Manoah and his wife, how they needed to prepare for the special child, were quite specific. Samson was a Nazarite. Samson was not allowed to do three things. One, he was never to take alcohol. Two, he was never to shave his hair. And three, he was never to get into contact with a corpse. Now, being a Nazarite, he was separated. He was consecrated by God for the purpose of delivering the children of Israel. And as I mentioned earlier, the mother had very specific diet that she needed to follow. That this young man would grow up to be the man that he was supposed to be. When Samson was born to the Israelites, with the promise that had been given to his parents, there was a lot of excitement on what he would do to deliver them from the hands of the Philistines. And Samson grew up to be a very strong young man. Each and every day of his life, his parents reminded him of who he was. They told him that the living God of heaven, that Jehovah was his God. They told him about the expectations and the laws that had been placed over his life. They reminded him who he was to the children of Israel. His parents held him by the hand many a times and walked with him through the land of Israel and saw 
what it meant to be under the slavery of the Philistines. He saw how difficult their lives were. He saw them cry before God continuously that God would remember them. And he heard his parents narrate consistently to the Israelites that he was the child of promise. So Samson knew his place. He knew his purpose. He understood the gravity of what he needed to do in that time and in the season for the Israelites. As he grew up on the hillside of Zorah, many a times Samson sat and watched the Philistine country. He watched the way they worked. He watched the way they handled their affairs. And after a while, the ladies in Philistine caught his attention. And he watched the way they dressed. He watched the way they walked. He watched the way they talked and the way they handled themselves. When he looked at the ladies in Israel, they were plain, they were modest. They sought God fast. They spoke faithfully with godly wisdom, boldness and kindness. They were humble and they guarded themselves from pride and selfishness. They served the Lord with all their hearts. After many days of sitting by the hillside of Zohar, Samson's heart was drawn to the women in Philistine. And then that brings us to the book of Judges chapter 14 verse 1. And Samson went down to Timnah. Going down depicts a decline. It depicts a depreciation. It depicts a degradation. It depicts a loss. Samson went down, not only physically down, he went down, meaning he compromised who he was. He compromised his values. He compromised his beliefs and went down to mingle with the Philistines. When he went down to mingle with the Philistines, he saw a lady that pleased him. Now, quite interestingly, the Bible says, then he went back up to his parents and he asked them to get her for him for a wife. Almost depicts that Samson understood what he was doing when he went down to Timna. And then when he went back up, he kind of picked it up on his way up. And many of the times as young people, we play around with our values, we play around with our belief systems, feeling that we can drop them when it is convenient and pick them up again when it is convenient. And that is what Samson did. When he went before his parents, he went back up, up to their level spiritually, up to their level in terms of the values they had bestowed upon him. And he told them, the woman pleased him well, and he wanted them to get her for him as a wife. Now the parents reminded him one more time that he was not allowed to take a wife that was not an Israelite, that he needed to take a wife who feared God, but Samson would have none of it. He disregarded the guidelines that had been given to him that were meant to give him a wife that would help him become the man that God wanted him to be. 
he decided to do it his own way. And so down he went with his father and mother to Timna. You know, when I read this, I, I've thought about the many times the young people have taken their families, their friends, their relatives down with them when they have made decisions that have had terrible consequences in terms of their relationships when they have compromised who they are. And Samson went down to Timna with his father and his mother. Now on the way to Timna, Samson meets a young lion. And at this time he's not even with his parents and he tears the young lion apart with his bare hands. But of course not of his own strength. The spirit of the Lord came upon him and gave him the strength to tear the lion apart. I can just imagine what that looked like. Now when he tore the lion apart, he went on his way to meet the lady in Timna. And the Bible says this time he talked to her. And when he talked to her, she pleased him well. <laughs> I'm not sure what she told him. I can just imagine the words that she said that confirmed to him that not only was she what she, he wanted, but the words that she whispered to him were ideally what he expected to hear from her. Samson then resolves that he must get her as a wife and goes back to his parents. Now on his way back to his parents, he finds that the corpse of the lion that he had killed has honey from a swarm of bees and Samson goes and picks the honey. I want to pause here for a little while. Now remember that Samson is a Nazarite and one of the rules for any Nazarite was they were not allowed to go near a corpse. For me, this is the first real red flag. Sure, he went down to Timna. Sure, he saw the lady from Timna and he loved her and he wanted her for a wife. Now is when we begin to see the consequences of the compromise in his life. Being unequally yoked does have certain consequences. But before I go to that, let me read from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion has light with darkness? Remember, the Philistines did not worship the living God of Israel. They worshipped idols and had many gods. They were indeed unbelievers. So what fellowship had Samson with the unrighteous? And what communion did he have with darkness? So what is, does it mean to be unequally yoked? Now, we all know that a yoke is a, a wooden bar that joins two oxen to each other and to the burden that they pull. And when we talk about being unequally yoked, it means that the team has one stronger ox and one weaker ox, or one taller and one shorter. The weaker or shorter ox would walk more slowly than the taller 
and the stronger one, causing the load to go round in circles, meaning they do not make much progress. And when oxen are unequally yoked, they cannot perform the task set before them. Instead of working together, they are at odds with one another. Now, when Samson gets to make up his mind that the woman in Timna pleased him well, he defies the rules and the guidelines given concerning him, concerning who he was as a Nazarite. The three signs that show that you are unequally yoked are one, you both do not believe in the same God. Two, you're not going in the same direction. And finally, three, you do not agree on what to pursue. You know, your passions are different. Samson has broken his vow as a Nazarite. To get married to the Philistine woman, there was a seven-day feast, which was a custom among the Philistines. Samson embraced the new custom. He did as they expected him to do. This shows that in many aspects of his life, he kind of let go of his own belief system and began to go with the flow, began to mingle with the people in Philistine. So much so that during the feast, he engages them in a riddle contest. Now, in this riddle contest, the Philistines are unable to give an answer. They are given seven days to answer the riddle. But the Philistines, with time, begin to see that they are not going to be able to answer the riddle. And there's a prize to the winner. The winner was to be given 30 changes of garment. When they looked and they saw that their loss would be heavy, they looked for the weak link in the life of Samson. And the weak link was the Philistine woman, the new bride. They approached her and they told her that she should entice her new husband to tell her the riddle, the answer to the riddle. And if she didn't, they would kill her and her father. The young bride is distraught and falls at the feet of her husband and cries, weeping relentlessly, asking him to tell her the answer to the riddle. After many days of weeping, Samson gives the answer to his new bride. Something quite interesting is tucked in in verse 17 of Judges 15. It says that she told the riddle the children of her people. And this is so different to the women from Israel. When you look back at the story of Ruth and Naomi, you remember Ruth telling her mother-in-law that your people shall be my people, your God, my God. But the new bride still regards the Philistines as her people. She never left her people when she married Samson. She still remained among her people and she regarded the Philistines as her people. Later that day, when the Philistines gave Samson the answer to his riddle, he was angry. 
He even tells them that if it, you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have found my riddle. He knew his new bride had betrayed him. Wow, what a feeling. The woman he so deeply loved that he had not even been married for, for seven days had betrayed him. She had betrayed his love. In his anger, he goes out to Eshkelon. And interestingly, you will see that the spirit of the Lord still came upon him. And he is able to slew 30 men and take their armor and take their garments and gives it to the Philistines. And right at the end of that chapter, in verse 20, it says, Samson's wife was given to his companion who was as his friend. As you keep your finger there, just about a line before that chapter 20, you see that in his anger, he went up to his father's house. It is quite encouraging to learn that Samson felt loved by his parents. He felt that that was the best place for him to be at a time in his life when he was feeling betrayed and feeling angry. To the young people, it doesn't matter what errors you make and how big a mess you make of your life. There is always that opportunity to go back up either to your earthly father and certainly to your heavenly father because nothing will ever separate you from the love of God. And it doesn't matter how low you have gone or how deeply you have been hurt. In his presence, there is peace, there is love, there is healing. Always feel at home at the feet of your father. The child of promise knew where to go, and so he went back home. But after a little while, when he was come, when he felt he still desired his new wife, he goes back to Timna. Now when he goes there, he finds that she has been given to his best friend as wife and he gets so angry. He goes out and catches 300 foxes. Can you imagine? 300 foxes and then he ties their tails together and sets them on fire. And then he lets them go out to the corn of the Philistines which are burnt up together with their vineyards and their olives. And when the Philistines see this, they ask, who has done this thing? And when they find out it is Samson, the earlier threat they had made to his wife and to his father-in-law come true. They set them on fire. This aggravates the situation and Samson avenges for the life of his wife. He smites them and kills a great number of people. But after all that, he goes down, down, lower than the Philistines and dwells on top of the rock of Etam. This was the young man who had loved the lady from Timna. What is love? When I was preparing the podcast, I got some very interesting descriptions of what love is. Love is giving someone the power to destroy you and trusting them not to. Love is the act of caring and giving to someone else 
having someone's best interests and well-being as a priority in your life. Love is an incredibly powerful word. When you're in love, you always want to be together. And when you're not, you're thinking about being together because you need that person. And without them, your life is incomplete. This love is unconditional. Affection with no limits or conditions. Completely loving someone. It's when you trust the other person with your life and when you would do anything for each other. When you love someone, you want nothing more than for them to be truly happy, no matter what it takes, because that's how much you care about them and because their needs come before your own. You hide nothing of yourself and can tell the other anything because you know they accept you just the way you are and vice versa. But what is the biblical definition of love? Let's turn to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'll read verse 4, verse 5, and verse 6. It says that love is long-suffering. It is kind. The love does not envy. The love does not vaunt itself. It is not puffed up. It does not act unseemingly. It does not seek its own things. It's not provoked. It does not impute evil. It rejoiceth not over the unrighteous and rejoices with the truth. I will let you decide whether Samson loved the Philistine woman or not, if he truly loved her. But the book of Judges 14 says that Samson saw the Philistine woman and she pleased him. And when he talked to her, she pleased him well. There's grave danger in using our senses to judge or to help us make decisions concerning a partner. When we turn to the book of Genesis chapter 3, in verse 6 it says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Do not rely on your senses. Now, there are three things we need to avoid when choosing a partner. Number one, do not go down. Meaning, we do not compromise on our values and our beliefs. Number two, do not let your senses be the primary source for choosing your partner. And finally, do not linger in the wrong market and get familiar with the sights and the sounds. And I just want to finish with the book of Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22. Whosoever finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. There is a deliberate effort of looking for that partner, be it a wife or a husband. But as you go out to look for that wife, remember, you can be blinded by love and get unequally yoked. And I pray that you will be more careful when you choose your life partner. Remember, it's your destiny at stake. You need to partner with God for him to guide you on how to choose your life partner. So thank you for being with me and God bless you.